Well, as we close in on the end of the year, we want to finish things up by answering some questions that we've received recently at Kravitz Financial. We're going to cover topics today like retirement withdrawal rates, social security benefits, saving and investing strategies, and much more. So this episode is going to take you through a variety of retirement scenarios today. So let's jump in. When it comes to financial planning, you need to cut through the jargon so that you can understand how to achieve your own retirement success. This is Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions. Well, glad to have you back on another episode of Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz. I'm Ben Jortes. Ryan Kravitz, of course, at Kravitz Financial there in Orange, California. Ryan, welcome in. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Ben? I'm doing well. We are in the final month of the year. I know uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing something uh, related to the holidays right now, so that's top of mind for everybody. Now, I was just thinking a little bit about it, you know, trying to get our plans together, at least for the holidays. Do you guys have any uh, any family traditions, anything special you guys do this time of year? Well, we always go out to my sister's house on Christmas Eve and spend some time out there for the day, and usually late into the evening, and then we might come back, and, and then the next day we have Christmas at our cousin's house as well. So they have a nice big house. So it's a pretty big family get together and some other friends. So it's a, it's a pretty fun, you know, couple of days there with family and such. That's great. And, and I know, uh, with only two weeks ish left until Christmas, maybe three, uh, you got your shopping done? Well, of course not, Ben. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a work in progress. I have some of it done, so I'm happy about that. We've, we've, uh, We've got some things, uh, you know, taken care of there, but I still have some more, plenty more to get. So maybe this weekend I'll get going. Every every time about this time of year, I'm like, uh, next year I'm definitely going to go ahead and just be planning ahead a little bit. So then when Black Friday rolls around, I get a lot of my shopping done then and kind of have things knocked out and not worry about it in December. And then, well, Thanksgiving rolls around every year and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just end up buying things again in December and figure it out when I figure it out. So I, I, I don't do proper planning when it comes to, to getting ready for gifts and, and buying that around the holidays. <laughs> you you and me both. But, you know, actually, that's a good reminder. I should get online, get on Amazon or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I could find some good stuff there, too. Well, I think they made it easy for us, right? Because you can just get on and, and press a couple of buttons and have something delivered within a day or two. So it kind of actually uh, promotes procrastination a little bit. Yeah, some things we get delivered on Amazon, they deliver it the same day. Yeah, I mean, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's like, did I even press, uh, you know, submit and, and and already it's here. I mean, it's 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 incredible sometimes. Yeah, their distribution's pretty pretty insane, but uh, it's I guess the reason why they're as successful and as large as they are. But well, we wish you a happy holiday season, and uh, to those listening today to the podcast, we wish you that as well. Hopefully you're able to spend some time with some family and friends. But today we want to jump in and, and go through a number of different questions here, Ryan. I thought this was a good idea you had is, you know, you've, you've gotten a bunch of questions that have come to come into the office, you know, over the last couple of months or so. And these are all kind of good scenarios, I think, today that, that probably somebody will be able to relate to, right? Because they cover on a bunch of different topics. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as we wrap up the year here, kind of what we'll just go through all these different things because you know some of these are more common questions that I'll tend to get and figure let's just put it all in the same podcast here all right well let's jump in and start with this one I'm closing on a new house in a few weeks and I need cash for the closing but my current home isn't going to sell in time so I won't have the money from that to use I don't want to make a big withdrawal from my IRA and pay all those taxes so should I just find some kind of short-term loan yeah it's a good question I mean you know possibly you know if 
if we're talking just a short-term loan, hopefully the interest isn't that high. You know, that could be a, you know, a possibility. But, you know, the first thing that I would do is, you know, take a look and see if you have the cash, you know, available. I mean, I'm assuming that you don't is, and, and that's the reason, you know, for the question here. But, you know, the first place I would look is to, you know, any cash that you have on hand, checking, savings, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, definitely I would, I would lean towards staying away from wanting to withdraw from an, an IRA. I mean, there might be a 10% penalty. I don't know the age here. You know, if you're under 59 and a half as an example. I mean, over that, you don't have to worry about the penalty, but we've got taxes. And especially if, you know, you're in a higher tax bracket, maybe right now may not be the wise thing to do. So, you know, if we're just talking about a short-term loan, I mean, it's it's really no big deal. I, I say, you know, go for it. Go ahead and do it and and uh, enjoy the new home. It's a good sign, though, that, uh, that this person's asking that question, though, too, right? Because not everybody thinks through it. They just kind of go, okay, I got a bunch of money in my IRA. Let me just pull from that. Unfortunately, that's that happens way too often. Mm-hmm. All right, good question there. And if you find yourself in that scenario, again, you want to sit down with a financial professional. As we go through all these questions, too, if anything – kind of you, you, relates to you and, and maybe your family, you can always reach out to Ryan, KravitzFinancial.com, or just give him a call at 714-462-9155. All right, here's another one talking about properties. Here's one that says, we have homes in two different states, and we really like both of them, but we're also both 57 years old and would like to retire at 60, so three years out here. Is it worth selling one of the homes to make this work? Yeah, so it's, I mean, this is a great question, and this this is one of those questions I just can't answer. I mean, nobody can answer other than you in this situation because it ultimately comes down to what do you want your retirement to look like? You know, what is that vision? What's important to you? You know, if you're going to look at a couple of different options here, let's say option A and option B, and option A was, hey, you get to retire at 60, but in order to do it, you have to sell one of your homes. Or you can retire at, let's say, 65 or 67 or something like that. And if you do that, you can keep both homes. You know, what's most important to you? So it's really a case-by-case basis and and for you to kind of determine what makes most sense. Now, going beyond that, though, you know, if you really want to have both homes and you you, uh, really want to retire sooner rather than later, you know, and another thing to consider here is perhaps can you rent out the other home perhaps for, uh, you know, part of the year to help make the math work, help make the numbers work. So definitely, you know, some things to consider. Yeah, it's a good opportunity there to run some numbers, right, and kind of see what the different options are and the different uh, decisions you could make to to give yourself the, the, the most, I guess, uh, favorable outcome and, and what you, I guess, whatever fits your, your goals the most. For sure, yeah. All right. Good question there. All right. Here's another one. This one. I retired three years ago, but I just did the math. Speaking of doing the math and discovered that my withdrawal rate for my savings is about 6%. Is that way too much? Well, you know, so it depends. Um, the, the amount that might be safe for you to withdraw from your portfolio is going to depend on several different factors. I mean, one of them is, you know, are you planning to adjust that for the overall rate of inflation going forward? Or are you looking maybe to, you know, spend more money early on in your retirement years and then, you know, kind of scale that back? You know, a lot of the people that I talk to, you know, they want to spend more money in their early part of their retirement um, so we'll account for more living expenses then and then have that, you know, s- you know, slowly start to, 
drop over time as you get older. Now, healthcare expenses, we factor that in separately, and healthcare expenses are going up at twice the rate of the overall inflation rate. So, you know, you know, big picture is the right withdrawal rate is going to depend upon, you know, what is your age today and, you know, how long do you think you might live? How long do we need to have this money continue for? And, and, and again, are we looking to, you know, stay at, let's say, a 6% withdrawal rate or are we looking to scale this back? If we're talking over, you know, let's say a 30-year period, and we're going to we're going to take a 6% withdrawal rate and increase that for the overall rate of inflation that's very aggressive and you got to be very careful there and would probably want to have that scaled back but again that's where you you're you're going to want to really track what your expenses are that's the first thing i always advise before you retire you have to know what your expenses are and then create that plan around that because for some folks you may spend 8% of your portfolio in the early years of your retirement, but then you start to scale that back to maybe 5% and then 4% and then maybe 3% as you get older. So it's it's really a case-by-case basis depending upon what's important to you and, and what you want your retirement to look like. All right, we're going through some questions that have come into Kravitz Financial in uh, recent weeks and months to close out the year here on the show. Here's another one, an investing question. I have a few CDs that will be maturing in the next year. I'm worried about what the market will do. So should I just reinvest in more CDs once they mature? So, you know, this is one of those, uh, of course, depends answer, because it's going to depend on what the purpose of that money is for. And, you know, what we do know about the markets is that they go up and down. And over the long term, over the the history of the markets, the stock markets and such, it's, they've gone up. But it's not going to go up in a straight line. We we had that volatility there from day to day. But you know that's where it comes back to you know what is the purpose of this money? Is this something where you're going to need some money, let's say in the next six months, you know, one year or something like that? You know, then perhaps finding a a good CD or a good, you know, savings account just to kind of keep that money available for when you need it real short term could make a lot of sense. But if this is money that you need to uh, you're not planning to spend anytime soon, that you're just going to you know continue to save, maybe you're going to withdraw little bits uh, from this over time for income in retirement or something like that, that might be invested then, you know, very differently. So it, it's just going to depend upon, you know, that that purpose of of the money and then how much of, of it you're going to need and, and when. All right. Great question. I know one probably other people are thinking about when they are concerned about the market, which who knows what it could do over the next year and beyond. Uh, here's and, one. Go you ahead. know, you know, Ben, the other thing that I find here, too, is, you know, I, I hear that sometimes that I'm worried about the market. And and sometimes what that makes me wonder, actually, a lot of times what that makes me wonder is, is somebody investing according to what their risk tolerance is? Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps they're, you know, seeing their portfolio, you know, going up and down, maybe more than they're comfortable with. And we, we you know, there's a difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. So, in other words, it's it's one thing to be you know comfortable from a psychological perspective. You know, this is our risk tolerance, what we're comfortable with day to day, month to month, that sort of thing. But risk capacity is something that's very you know different but related because 
that has to do with how much risk are, are we you know, able to take or should we be taking you know, more objectively in order to meet those goals. And sometimes those two things don't, you know, don't match, even though you know, maybe it makes sense that you could be you know, more aggressive, let's say, in your investments. Maybe from a risk tolerance perspective, it's just not comfortable. And, you know, maybe you don't really need to take that additional risk to meet your objectives. So, again, that's where it comes down to, you know, what is your income plan? What is your need for expenses? And making sure it matches. Otherwise, you'll just be uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Here's one, I guess, for maybe for you specifically, Ryan. I've interviewed a few different financial advisors, and they're all very cryptic about what they're actually going to do with my money. It's like they don't want to tell me anything until I give them everything, and then they'll surprise me or something. So is this normal? Well, here's the thing. I mean, certainly before you start working with a new advisor, you should absolutely have a good understanding of what you're invested in, how the plan's going to work, and all that sort of thing. On the other hand, on the flip side here is, you know, if you're just meeting with a, a new advisor, you know, for the first time, they wouldn't have a chance to get to know you enough yet and really have a good understanding as to how you should be invested in order to meet your goals. I, I would be very cautious about anybody that's making specific investment recommendations to you uh, after as little as just one, you know, meeting or, you know, right when you're getting together there. It's it's much more nuanced than that to, you know, just make a snap decisions on how a whole portfolio needs to be created. So, you know, it's got to be careful on both sides. Yeah, that's a good question, Ryan. And I think, too, it's a good reminder that, you know, you're not committed to anything, right? So if you go in and you don't feel comfortable with, you know, with what somebody's telling you or something that they're asking you or wanting you to do, you can always go in and, and have other meetings with other advisors and just see what else is out there. You know, absolutely. I mean, you have to make sure that you're comfortable with what your plan is, with what your portfolio is, with with your relationship with the new advisor that you're working with. And here's the other thing, too, is sometimes I find that people feel uncomfortable to ask their advisor questions uh, for, for various reasons. But if, if you have that feeling at all, then you know, uh, you know, address that. You you have to feel comfortable that any advisor you're working with that you can have that level of comfort where you can just go back and forth and and ask questions mm-hmm. and not feel either intimidated, like maybe these are things you should you know already know the answers to or something like that. Whatever it is, you just need to make sure that you're comfortable. All right, got a couple more questions here, Ryan. Here's one on debt and saving. I like this question. I've been paying off debt aggressively for many months, and I almost have it all knocked out. And once it's done, I don't have any more payments, and I'll have almost $3,000 that I can save each month. I'm 53, and I feel behind with my retirement savings, so I want to be aggressive with this money so I can catch up. What should I do with it? Well, first off, you know, congratulations for being debt-free. You're almost debt-free in this case. And now having $3,000 a month freed up in order to save and invest, that's fantastic. So the first thing I would take a look at is, you know, do you have money in savings? Um, I'm guessing maybe not too much if a lot of the money is going to pay off debt. But the first thing I would do is make sure that you have money in a savings account, minimum three months, but maybe more like six months or so, just kind of depending upon your situation, you know, depending on what kind of job you have, how secure that job might be, or maybe you're not working right. Every case is different, but you have to have an emergency reserve set up in case the roof leaks, car breaks down, and all that sort of thing. 
Now, after you have that emergency reserve set up, then you're going to want to take a look and see, you know, if you're still working, maybe you have a retirement plan there, such as a 401k plan. I would consider maxing that out. And also, too, is, you know, they may just have the option where you could fund it on a pre-tax basis, but you may want to consider putting some money in uh, a, a Roth 401k or, or fund it after tax if they have that available to you. Um, also beyond that, if you can, you know, max out your 401k and you have that additional money here to save and invest, you can also just save in a, in a taxable, uh, brokerage account as, as well. You know, another thing too, you know, depending upon what your income is and what you're, and if you're married and, and if your spouse might be contributing to a plan. So there's some different rules there, but you may be able to, you know, contribute to a 401k but then also, you know, contribute to a Roth or you might be able to make a contribution to a, a spouse's traditional IRA or Roth plan. So, you know, you're going to have some different options there just kind of depending upon your situation. So but again, congratulations on you know being debt free. Yeah, great position to be in. And, you know, even if you feel like you're a little behind, you can do a lot of work in your 50s to catch up. So. Uh, again, sit down with a financial professional. Again, if you want to talk with Ryan, you can go to KravitzFinancial.com or you can call 714-462-9155. All right, let's close out with one more on Social Security. My wife is 62, and we're thinking it would be a good idea for her to take her Social Security benefits now. I'm 64, still working, and I don't plan on taking mine until at least my full retirement age. However, we heard that our benefits could be withheld because we are still working. Can you explain how this works? Yeah, so... Good question here. Kind of unpack these different things here. So you're 64 right now, and so you haven't yet reached your full retirement age. Now, I don't know. It depends upon the year you were born, what your full retirement age is. Uh, but it's you know it's somewhere between 66 and 67. Now, what you have to watch out for is that if you are still working and you want to turn on your Social Security benefits and you haven't yet reached your full retirement age, that your benefits uh, could be withheld. So they have an earnings test and, you know, above in 2024, for instance, above $22,320, for every $2 is going to be withheld from your Social Security. Now, it's, it's not a tax. It's not like uh, you would never get it back. Once you get to your full retirement age, they don't give it back to you in a lump sum, but they do credit your benefit with a positive adjustment going forward. Now, once you get to the year of your full retirement age, but before the month of your actual birthday, uh, the rules are are more liberal. You can make some more money without having it uh, withheld at all. But, you know, here's the deal. For most people, if you're still continuing to work, it doesn't make sense to take your Social Security prior to your full retirement age. So you do want to you do want to consider that. Okay. Great question. All these, I think, uh, very good scenarios and common scenarios. Hopefully something we touched on today maybe addressed a question that maybe you had or some things you were thinking about. But as always, encourage you to sit down with a professional to work through these situations to really get into your details so they, so Ryan or whoever it is can truly give you a full answer to whatever your scenario might be. Again, you can log on KravitzFinancial.com or call 714-462-9155. Yeah, so, you know, Ben, yeah. Ben, I just realized the other part of that question there, that first part was the wife was looking to take her benefit, and she's 62. Yeah. And so she can go ahead and, and do that. Um, you know, if she's not, not working, I mean, she could take it. That earnings attest 
will only apply to you and your, you know, for your situation, but uh, she'll be fine. And it's very good. You, you always want to take into account both spouses, right? When you're making that decision, you don't just want to turn on one without thinking about how it affects the other. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Well, with that, Ryan, we will close out the year and uh, it's been a good one and I've enjoyed working with you and hope uh, you and your family have a happy holidays and, and you listening as well. You too, Ben. Take care. Well, thank you for listening to Candy Conversations Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz. Again, log on kravitzfinancial.com for more. And we'll talk to you in 2024. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions and BCM are independent of each other.